Hi, I'm Manda, and together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackcompat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black Compat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern. Hello, bastards and wenches, and welcome to our Anime Boston 2022 recap special. I am your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. So, full disclosure, I intended to do a No Borders, No Race episode focused on Anime Boston 2022, but like every single year I attempted it, I failed spectacularly, and I go into the reason why in the recording. We did a Day Zero segment that went very good, but on Day One, well, like I said, I'll explain it all in just a bit. Now, initially, I was just going to dump everything we did and start from scratch. However, one of our friends, Lenny, was with us for two of the three days of the convention, but had to leave after Day Two, and I would feel really bad if I dumped everything and, you know, not let her speak for a little bit about her day zero experience. So what you're about to hear are some of the bits from our day zero segment, which you'll hear me, Elite Four Derek, and Lenny chatting about what went on when we grabbed our badges. So let's listen to that before we go into the actual recap special. Public transportation right now is Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that means that we're starting with me. <laughs> yes. Cool. So I got out of work at uh, around one o'clock, and I work literally right next to a commuter rail stop. So stupid me, I think this is great. I clock out of work, I walk forty feet away, and then I wait for my train. And then I'm sitting there, and I look at the marquee go by. Oh yeah, this whole inbound train is closed for the next month. <laughs> Shuttle service. Okay. So I go back to my store, use the restroom real quick. One of my regular customers is there. Oh, do you want a ride? Cool. So I take a ride to a different train stop just because it's closer, and that was the quicker way there. And yeah, so shuttle bus from uh, North Shore of Boston into Boston. I will say... I love the fact that I had a bathroom that felt like I was living in the lap of luxury. Probably the saving grace of the whole journey towards this place. Even though it was still a bus driving around like Lynn, so I was basically pretending like I was surfing while aiming at the same time, which is never that fun. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, then I made it. Then I made it. Um, You know, took the blue line in, you know, uh, and got on the red line. Only had to go a couple stops. And I never, it took me about a half an hour to leave the first stop I was at. So rather the red line itself is probably infamous as the worst part of the MBTA because there's almost always issues with this place. I I do like that they were like announcing that it was because of like the transit authority police and there has been a delay because of them. So sorry for the inconvenience. I don't like that they said it every 20 seconds on the dot. And it got to the point where even the conductor seemed like he was annoyed by it too. Listen guys, I'm sorry, transit police has delayed us. Sorry for the inconvenience, sorry for the delay. Sorry guys, transit police has delayed us. Sorry for the inconvenience, sorry for the delay. So, yeah, then um, I would say it was about an hour and a half it took to get in. Yeah. But then we rendezvoused. We met up over at the Harvard Square Station, walked back to my apartment, dropped things off, 
took a couple minutes to chill, and maybe hopefully by then things would have been uh, squared away. Yeah. Oh, how wrong we were, because then we walked back, which by the way, this is the weekend where Harvard graduates everybody, and it's all just bumper-to-bumper people who decide not to walk but to waddle down the sidewalk. Entitlement is a fun thing. Yes. <laughs> so we finally get back to the red line. Oh, there it is, the train that we need to board on. We run down there, and it's... Sorry for the inconvenience. The police have delayed our train. Sorry oh, no, this for one was because they were discriminating against a disabled train. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. There was a disabled train on the tracks. Wow. Yeah, and then, what was that? Another 20 minutes, all yeah. of us... Packed in there like sardines. I do at least like I was making the corniest of jokes while I was down there and actually had a couple fans around me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it finally took us that long to get there. And then, I don't think... Did you have any issues, Lenny? So I was actually coming from this almost the same area as uh, Derek. Um, I was coming from Lynn myself. Um, I thought I was going to be the one that's coming late and last, but it turns out that I met them at a very convenient time. So they were supposed to meet up around 3-ish, 4-ish. I I left work at 5 o'clock. I was working from home, so I was just like, oh great, I'm going to be late and last, so I'm going to feel a little bit guilty when I arrive. But... (laughs) During the chaos that they were keeping me posted, I felt a little bit better because I was like, okay, I'm not late and last this time around. Literally two minutes as soon as we walked up to the... Right. Up to the front entrance of the Heinz Convention Center, you showed up. For the record, she was still last. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Yeah, so I left home at 5 p.m. on the dot, and I took an Uber. I decided not to take a bus or, you know, take the Camaro into town because of the things that Derek was experiencing. So I was like, you know what, let me cut the chase. Let me get Uber to get into town. Usually on a good day from Lynn to Boston, it's between 25 to 30 minutes. By the time I got into my Uber ride, it was taking... 50 minutes to get there from Lynn to the Heinz Convention Center in Copley Square. So I was like already feeling a little guilty again because I'm just like, great, another 50 minutes onto my commute. Yeah. (laughs) But that's not the end of it. So when the time we all got together and we went to the Sheraton side of Copley Place where they were doing registration. Yeah, we were done with the traffic at that point. Yeah. Yes. By we the thought time... we were done with the traffic, <laughs> but then surprise, surprise, here's some more foot traffic for you. Yes, yeah, so we were delayed because of foot traffic, and by the time we got inside the Sheraton into the waiting line, we were basically packed like sardines. Yep. Again. And it created, you know, artificial humidity. Well, apparently, all of their registration systems were down from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock. And it was supposed to be open at 3 p.m. You see, at least you guys <laughs> didn't have to deal with the great weight of OAD, as they used to call it. Because right. Uh, did, did you go to Anime Boston in 2008? I think that was my first um, anime convention. Mine it was, too. It was 2008. Because it was so bad that no one could get their badges on either Thursday or Friday. So how do you... I got my. What happened to all the Friday panels? So I actually came back. One technically, one computer was working with printing up badges. I actually came back on Saturday morning. I was lucky enough Same to here. sleep over at a friend's place near uh, Northeastern, mm-hmm. and yeah, I came back right thing in the morning on Saturday just to get uh, a two-day. Uh, well, yeah, a two-day pass because. I couldn't get there on Thursday or Friday because of the the badge problem that they had. So that was a very short con Mm. for me because it was only two days. Yeah. I think I only went on Saturday because that was the day the pillows performed. Mm -hmm. And I went a tiny bit on Sunday, but I had to leave early because I was going to see Avenue Q. Oh, nice. Mm. Good musical. Actually, probably my all-time favorite Broadway musical. Nice. But it wasn't too bad. There were some issues. There are still a couple of issues. Uh, with, well, with- then we made our way through the line. Yeah. It seemed like all was good. Everything seemed like it was going well as the line was moving. But um, we all split up in different lines to uh, get our badges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan was the first to get his. Yep. And then Derek got his. But 
Unfortunately for me, I ended up being in the line with the broken printer. And I didn't find out until it was my turn. And I was waiting there, waiting to, you know, cut the line to the other aisle. So it was really embarrassing that, again, I was last. Mm-hmm. Not just with arriving, but also last to get my badge. And then after I got my badge, we were all looking at each other's badges. We realized that my badge wasn't right. I was ha- yeah. I had a normal attendee badge, mm-hmm. and mine was supposed to say press on it. So we went into customer service line after that. And long and behold, no one in customer service today knew how to override it to change the font from convention membership to press. I love the point where there were five of them all looking at the same screen. Yeah, they were all... And one of them was obviously on his phone playing Pokemon Go the whole time. (laughs) Yes. And they were looking through their, you know, their bootleg-looking transcript or manual of how to you know, fix small things onto the uh, the membership uh, kiosk list, yeah. and they still couldn't figure it out. Well, the good news is they did figure it out, but we have to wait till tomorrow to yeah, figure so it out. Yes, we have to come back bright and early tomorrow morning to get a brand new badge for me. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's all we had to deal with. Thank with God. the first <laughs> Anime Boston happening in three years. Yes, and it hasn't yes. even officially started yet. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is what happened to us on day zero. So, without further ado, let us head to the Heinz Convention Center as we begin our Anime Boston 2022 recap special. and wenches, welcome to the Boston Bash Brigade Anime Boston 2022 Recap. I am your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. Joining me for this special is my good friend and our Pokemon Master, Elite Four, Derek. Back again, finally. Three years I've been waiting. Three years indeed. And of course, our Wicked Anime cohort, John Star. We're in a hallway. Yes, we are in a hallway where there are people talking and having... Ooh, and car traffic. Oh. Oh, that's drifting. 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 Deja vu. And they say podcasts can't be exciting. <laughs> so yes, it's been three years since the last Anime Boston. And... It feels good to be back. It really does. I Let me tell you, so I wasn't here the whole weekend. I was here just for today, Sunday. And Friday hit me, and I had the worst case of FOMO I've ever had in my entire life. And so I asked my wife, I was like, is it cool if I go into Boston? She's like, yes, absolutely. And I was like, I had to scratch the itch. And I came back for Sunday, and it was good. It was worth it. I, like, I completely missed it. I missed being around all the cosplay. I missed being around the energy. I I feel like an old person now, more <laughs> even more so when I did in 2019, the last time we were here. Really? But, yeah. <laughs> well, does it make you scratch the itch of coming back here for full-time next year? Yes. Um, if I'm productive. So, like, I need a panel yeah. to do. I need... I need something to create, to produce, you know, get back into that. We've been spitballing some things here and there, possibly bringing back a panel or two, but we'll see, because it is going to be coming back here the first weekend of April in 2023. So we've got plenty of time, though. Yeah, we got time to think about it. Not three years to think about it, but plenty of time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so full disclosure as well. So one of our good friends, too, came here with us as press, our good friend, Lenny. Uh, unfortunately, she had to leave after day two. Also, we had initially tried to record a special episode of No Borders No Race where we would tie in everything day one, day two, day three. But, as usual, that didn't work out as well as I thought it was going to work. You were tired. We were tired. (laughs) It was kind of exhausting. So for for Lenny out there, I hope you had a blast working as press. She used to come here working for Andrew Boston itself. So I think she had a good time. Just being a patron, 
mm-hmm. and just seeing how things work behind the, not behind the scenes, but in the forefront for the most part. Yeah, right. Okay, let's first talk about a rating. Now, I know you can't really give a full rating because you were only here for Sunday. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a leap for Derek. If, on a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rate Amory Boston 2022? Oh, you know, I might be a little mean. I'm going to go like 6.5 or 7. Um, That's lower than previous years. Yes. Um, I will say it was a slow start, very slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, day one, there was, not only was it not very busy, but also there weren't a lot going on for panels, at least, you know, before 10 o'clock at night. Right. Um, one of the big reasons why it was such a hard time to talk, it was a very hard time to talk about day one stuff, because really nothing much else was going on. Yeah, and everyone kind of got tired before the uh, the nighttime panels happened, so we kind of skipped out on those. So, uh, yeah, oh, that really, was you had quit in you on, on day one. Huh? You were out of practice. Your con muscles weren't. No, I, I was literally bouncing up and down at the end of the night, and they were like, let's go home. Let's go home now. It was okay. me and Lenny. It was me and Lenny, to be blunt. It was me. He was the, he was the caffeine monster. Gotcha. <laughs> I see. So we're going to learn from our mistakes from, from this year and put them into next year. So quite, let me ask you then, if you don't mind, what is the m- biggest mistake that made you so tired and cut your night short? I honestly think the biggest mistake was me trying to get back to the to the apartment to actually record. Mm. I think that is the biggest mistake. I feel like the issue of me trying to do a No Borders No Race from Anime Boston is one of the most difficult things to do, and I've never been able to successfully do it. Every single year that I try to do a No Borders No Race from Anime Boston, it just flatlines spectacularly. (laughs) So it is my fault. It is all my fault that it didn't work out. I feel like... I should just no longer bother trying to do a No Borders No Race at Anime Boston. You should just stick with this. Just wait for this. Just wait for this, because this has proven to work on every single occasion. But I wanted to be like, you know what? It's been three years. Maybe this will be the year. And it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember the year we we met you. Yes. 2012, you put out that Anime Boston video that was like a half hour long or something. 2013, like actually. It was 2013. 2013. So it was me, Phil the Issues guy, and John. Yep. And to me, I feel like that is still the best thing that I have ever done for Anime Boston. The problem is, copyright has like taken it off of YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So you can't watch it anymore. And I'm pissed because. I put so much heart and soul into editing that. I think one of our best uh, Wicked Anime videos, which was 2016, it had like all the best stuff. We had Tempsu on that that year. That was probably the best year of Anime Boss we ever had. Um, I, I think that was the year that I met you guys. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it was, no, Dakota wasn't there that year. That was the year after. Um, but Sarah? Sarah. Yeah, Sarah was with us. Yep. Yep. Um, but that video went out, like the sound got out of sync, so when you watch it on anime, uh, when you watch it on YouTube, it, it's like completely busted and broken, it's unwatchable, so I had to take that one off, but it's still like our best video. It was a bad dub. <laughs> it really was. Well, I think I am going to piggyback on your rating of 7 out of 10, because, yeah, it was a very, very slow start on Sunday. Granted, there was there were a couple of events that I did check out that, that I did very much enjoy, for example, the... IQ and Oscar concerts, which IQ has gotten my respect for one being one hell of a rapper, mm-hmm. on top of being someone who knows how to rap about geeky things without the geeky things being so obvious. Like he talked about writing a song about a Naruto character, and when you listen to the song, you wouldn't know that it's about a Naruto character. It's kind of like Rise of the North Star. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say also that um, the slow start wasn't the only reason I scored it a little bit that low. Um, I was really looking forward to the theme this year, which was Bento in Boston. Um, I love food. Mm-hmm. And maybe like 10% of the programming was actually touching on food. It just seemed like it was a theme in like name only, and there were only a couple places that would actually do something thematic towards it. You said it. you had really good ribs, though. I did have really good ribs. completely true, and you should say it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, random listener. All, all you have to do is mention the barbecue ribs, and people just start saying how great they are. Yeah. So that was probably the best part of bento in Boston, even though it was not a bento box. It was definitely a cardboard takeout box. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing. Conventions are very infamous for having incredibly shitty food. Mm-hmm. This year... And overpriced, too. And overpriced. Yeah. This year, 
the food was not only great, but it was priced reasonably. Right? They, they gave us a bucket of ribs and mac and cheese for 13 bucks. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good deal. I'm just I'm eating goldfish so right now, so anything would sound really good. <laughs> this is the only I've had to eat today. Yeah, but I do agree. I feel like there should have been more emphasis on the food stuff. But I bet you, I bet you because of COVID, because we can't eat with masks on or anything like that, you can't really do much with food when you're being forced to wear masks during the entire convention. Yep. Ironic, really. Ironic, ironic. But we already know the theme for next year, and it's going to be idols. That's like going back to basics, if you ask me. My, my favorite one's the golden cow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about old school. Yeah. Old Testament. <laughs> but yeah, next year's going to be idols, and that doesn't just cover anime idols like Idolmaster, Love Live. You can even throw Uma Mosuma Pretty Derby in there as well, too. Oh, yeah. But that also covers J-pop, K-pop, Eurovision. It covers a lot within music. So I have high hopes that they could actually do something really good with that. It's going to bring us back to 2010 when there were all the Love Live like cosplay groups <laughs> going around. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Are you guys saying you believe? <laughs> no. I don't refuse to laugh at that one. <laughs> that, yeah, that's why I just gave Derek the death stare. Hey, listen, my cousin who lives out in L.A., he met Justin Bieber at a party. He said he takes back every bad thing that he's ever said about him. He's the funniest and nicest dude ever. His music might suck, might not be your thing, but... Really? Yep. You're not bullshitting us. No. Okay. Super so, true story. So he gets drunk and throws a couple eggs at his neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> and then he probably gets another tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. But yes. I would agree with you. Between six and seven, six point five out of ten for me for anime Boston this year. Now I did mention IQ was a great rapper. Six point nine. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. <laughs> Asuka was a terrific uh, J-pop artist that, that performed here. The only downside with her is that she didn't have a backing band. It was like kind of one of those pre-recorded music tracks. Yep. yep. And it sometimes drives me crazy when I see like when, like someone do that because like there's nothing in the back to like like distract you from the lack of there being other artists on there. Because I had the same issue many many years ago when Emily Boston brought in Calafina. Mm -hmm. And when they performed, they would sing, but they would barely move or dance or anything like that. Asuka, like, brought it. Yeah. Like, she was bouncing around the stage like crazy. Everyone was waving out on their fucking glow sticks. Going, oh, 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 oh. And actually doing, like, the chants that some of people will do actually at her concert. So, big props to the people who actually knew their shit, even more than I did. Mm -hmm. And That's who... And uh, Asuka also was great to chat with, uh, wonderful interviews. I was asking her kind of generic questions because I really wasn't as familiar with her work as many other uh, artists that have come here, but she was genuinely nice and just a wonderful person to hear her perspective on music. From. Listen, Andrew and I aren't doing press anymore, so if you ever want to ask the, our, our golden question is, what was the worst job you ever had before where you are right now? And they love that question. Everybody loves that question, so feel free to take it. <laughs> All right, because we did the three-album island, and that one's the one, of course, that takes up the most time, because yep. she's, like, looking on her phone, was like, fuck, which, which ones do I like? Which ones? <laughs> but uh, speaking of which, we did get to do the three-character uh, island. You yeah. specifically did for yep. one of the big um, three-person panels that we did. Yep, uh, Robbie Diamond, uh, Matt, oh my god. Max Middleman. Max Middleman. And, and Ray, Ray Chase. Ray Chase. known as Lava. Annoying and very annoying. <laughs> so, the good thing about that, okay, so it was supposed to be individual interviews. We only had two interviews this year. Because um, everybody else either got COVID or they canceled. Yeah, it started at five, so a couple canceled, and then the rest consolidated, so all of Lava did their interview panel together. Uh -huh. So we kind of ripped a little bit on the three-character island where we were interviewing three voice actors. Like, okay, each of you pick one of your characters to join you on the island. That's smart. So they, they had great back and forth, too, great rapport with each other. One of them, um, I'm pretty sure Ray picked um, Matt to be... Oh, wait, no. Um, no, it was Ray choosing Robbie. Yeah. No, no, yeah, Ray choosing Robbie as his pick for who he'd want to be on the island with. But not, like, the real Robbie. By, like, professional Robbie or something like that. 
I'm not sure I understand the reference. I kind of don't either, but I think the way that they delivered it, it was pretty funny. I think he just wanted to drag him along to a deserted island. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of which, we actually saw them perform the loud, annoying, and very annoying. And I was, so, I sometimes get a little bit worried when when I watch improv acts perform, because 50-50... Yeah, as you should be. Yeah, 50-50, <laughs> it sucks. 50-50. But those three... Surprisingly, very, very funny. Really good. Yeah. They were really, really good. Um, they had some bits where we had to like help create like a superhero kind of story with them, or we also had to do a dating game sort of thing. What were some of the other ones that, that they did there? Uh, they also did the um, the trolley race. Yeah. Um, let's see, and oh, oh dear. Um, the performance. You're, you're late. Yes, you're late. Oh, yeah. We, they had to guess who they were that they were being interviewed as. Uh, I will say um, Catboy Twink had to be the best one. Yes. <laughs> Literally had to guess it piece by piece. Got Cat first. Oh, I'm Catman. No, you're a little younger. <laughs> Catboy? I like All right, I'm... and you're not a bear. You're not an otter. What are you? And Robbie's just like, I, I can't say that word. I can't say it. They're like, really? Because the entire crowd said it. Yeah. Does we... it begin with T? <laughs> We're not woke. <laughs> yeah, uh, gonna love the Boston crowd. Um, they are the thirstiest, most inappropriate crowd ever. Literally every single suggestion was about something being horny or something to do with sex or it being your stepmother all along. Or <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But yeah, they were very good. Uh, I would be curious, though, to see them outside of an anime convention. Sure. See how they would do when, when it comes to things outside of the anime fandom. Well, I think they'd be very good. Yeah, apparently they uh, stream on Twitch TV. Huh. So uh, that could be something to look up. It might yeah. be pretty funny. And they performed in places like Australia, Dubai, all over the world, apparently. As as an improv group. As an improv group. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, night after, the, the night of the show afterwards, we were back at um, my apartment, and we were going back and forth. And the thing that really brought to, brought to mind was this uh, improv group that was over at Sound State when Derek and I were in college. And that group was called Grandma's Third Leg. And Grandma's Third Leg were one of the very rare like comedy troops that I saw that were improv, but were hilarious as hell. Yeah. Like, this was back in the time when you could like joke about anything and anyone. And no one's feelings got hurt? No one's feelings got hurt. <laughs> And it was a blast. And Lava really brought a very similar vibe to that. They knew their audience. They knew what they liked. They knew they could cross the line as much as they wanted. They might have destroyed a couple of relationships with the dating game. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fun one. Um, I'm trying to think what other panels. Oh, that anime dad. Oh, yeah. Which uh, did have a food theme to it, you said. Yes, that oh. was one of the few ones that actually had a food theme to it. Um, I was introduced to a beautiful movie, beautiful, beautiful movie, um, named Food Fight, which got its production got delayed about a decade. Yeah, and you can, you can tell how much work they put into that movie during that decade. Because mm -hmm. when it came out, I let's just say my jaw hit the ground. Yeah, well, yeah. We, 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 Maybe, because you had your mask on the whole time. <laughs> Get like Charlie Sheen was in it. Was it Charlie Sheen who was in Charlie it? Charlie Sheen, Ava Longoria, Hillary Tim, Duff, Hillary Duff, Tim Curry, um, Christopher Lloyd, Ed Asner. I will say the romantic leads were Charlie Sheen and Hillary Duff, and Charlie Sheen was in his mid to late thirties, and Hillary Duff was about fourteen or fifteen at the time, which made that a little bit creepy. Yeah, but he was also a dog in the movie, and she's a not dog too. So she was a cat. She, yeah, she's like a half cat. Who, uh, uh I, I, you know what? You guys just have to look it up yourself. I, I was saying, describing the, it does not do it justice. This is the movie that made Charlie Sheen fall off the wagon again. <laughs> this was actually the first time I've ever been to Bad and a Big Bad. I've been going oh, really? here since 2008, and like, I've heard about it, but it's always conflicted with something else, whether it was the masquerade. Or, to be blunt, you guys have conflicted with Bad Anime Bad on from yeah. time to time, too. We've, we've been twice before we started doing panels. Um, we went one year where he was in, like, panel hall C, and he got so filled up that the year after that he went to hall D, which is, you know, like, the big one. Right. So, um, we saw him there, and that was 
that was really funny. Like it was a, a an amazing year, amazing. Um, and he, he's entertaining. He's really funny, and it made me want to make a panel good enough to have a show in Hall D and fill it. You know, because just like the way that like he does, he actually gets to put on production in the show. Like he gets to stand up at the front of the stage and bow to everybody. You know, I envied him. I really did. Yeah. Really envy that anime bad. But I feel like you you almost reached that point. Almost. We can't fill pa- uh, ballroom C. Yeah. Not at two a.m. <laughs> Not at two. A- <laughs> what was it? What was that series? It was like Jaylar's Wing or something? Or yeah. Garzy's Wing. Garzy's Wing. Wing. Oh god. Yeah. I got to see all three episodes of that masterpiece. It is amazing. <laughs> and you know what reaches that same level to like Garzy's Wing is so comparable to. Uh, uh, battle no, the Overfiend. What was that one? Legend, Legend of, of the Overfiend. Legend of the Overfiend. Yeah, Orozco Doji. But I feel like Orozco Doji has enough of it where it's so bad it's good. Whereas Garzy's Wing is just so bad you it's can't bad act- all around. You, yeah. just, you just can't believe it actually happened. But if you were to take you know Orozco Doji and sit in a room and show it to everybody and do the same thing that Bad Anime Bad does, everybody would have a great time. You know, same thing. That should maybe. Maybe I could be a hardcore anime. We'd have to try because they they tell us you can't show an entirety of something. That's a rule for panels. You can't right. show an entirety of a show. Right. So maybe like the best parts of Hiroshi Doji because that's what he did with Food Fight. Mm-hmm. All right. One more thing on the panels, I'll say. So there weren't obviously the first day there weren't a lot of panels. The second day there were there were a good amount, but they were kind of spread out. So if there was something you wanted to go to, the line was already around the corner by the time you got there. So there was a couple that we couldn't get into. Like, I actually tried to do a fruit basket panel so I could make a bracelet for someone. And uh, there was over 100 people in line for um, one of, the, like, the workshop rooms. Yeah, which and, only fits, like, 25. Yeah, so I just yeah. looked at that and said, nope, and walked away. <laughs> for all you know, it could have been, like, the Pikachu ear situation. Oh, yeah. Then I tried to go to a uh, craft your own Pikachu ear um, panel today, and it was a demonstration of how to use a sewing machine to make Pikachu ears, oh and gosh. we did not actually get to make our own. And, I mean, I know this is something that she likes to do and, you know, help with creating costume cosplays, but at a certain point, the panelists actually asked the crowd, does anyone have any questions, anything you guys want to talk about? Because I know this is kind of boring if you're just sitting there watching me do this. Oh, then you don't make the panel if you have to what? say that. Yes! Oh my gosh, that's... Oh no! That's a death sentence. Uh, like six people left in the first five minutes, and we only stayed longer because we were waiting for the dealer's room to open, and it was right across the hall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. But for the ones that we did go to... I think I think we had a good time with the ones that we saw. The only one that I feel like was just was that AMV game show one. Oh yeah, the like obscure one. Yeah, so like they showed obscure anime through AMVs, and like I mean it's a nice concept, but as a game show, it's kind of boring. Yeah. The only one I recognized and I couldn't remember the full title was Walk On. The Night of Short Walk On Girl. Yeah. Still one of the most creative movies I've ever seen in my life. I have it on. on- I have it, I have it, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, do yourself a favor and get to that as soon as you can. I can jump in here because I, I only saw one panel. Yes. And it technically wasn't a panel. I went to the charity auction, yeah. which if anybody remembers from all those years ago when we recorded our shows, Andrew and I had always, sw- we always swear up and down that the charity auction is the best event that happens at Anime Boston. Um, and this year, Agreed. people had three years worth of money stored up to spend at there were I don't know if anybody knows auctions but there there's a type of person who goes to an auction called a whale and yeah. a whale is somebody who just jacks everything up because they got the money for it and th- now granted remember back in I don't know if the audience knows this but us remember back in 2019 when we went to that panel and, and they asked us they were like you guys seem like you know a lot about it so could you help us with things that we want and we said you need animation cells and you know what there were four yeah there were four animation cells yeah. this year um, one, there were two Evangelion that were separate from each other there was a card capture Sakura one and then there was a, a set of three Azumanga Daioh ones which were test animation Azumanga Daioh ones the animation ones for Azumanga Daioh went for $600, the set of three. Which is the, a surprisingly low price for one of the greatest anime comedies right. ever made. Ava, there was an Ava Unit 1 
pencil drawing mm-hmm. that went for somewhere in the thousands, I think. Um, then uh, there was Asuka, Asuka Langley in a towel, um, yelling at somebody, probably Shinji. Shinji. And that one went for $2,800. But the card yeah. captor Sakura one was a painted cell, which it means that there's only one of those that exists in the entire world. It went for $3,200. And that was just four items. The first item they gave away was a pro uh, artist alley table for next year. And that went for $2,800. It was the first opening bid of the, the night and of the event. And, like, man, it set a precedence for the whole thing. And, like, it's a smart business move to do that because, one, it's a tax write-off, and, two, you're guaranteed a table for next year that um, that you'll make money on. So chances are you'll make that $2,800 back in taxes and in... And, and what you sell. In what you sell. Yeah. But, like, uh, seriously, charity auction was a bonzer time. Like, it, I, I, got, I got one book. It was an American anthology of Attack on Titan stories from American comic book artists. Um, and it's for charity, so I spend a little over, but like what it's actually worth. But like, I'm happy to mm-hmm. know that I did something for charity, and I got to jack up a couple of prices. I, I, I bid. I did the opening bid on the Azamangadayo ones at a hundred bucks, and then instantaneously it went like the next bid was over my budget. So like, <laughs> it was, it, like in thirty seconds, it was out of my reach. And I was just like, God, no. Oh, to be a rich anime fan. I know. Yeah. I if. If I had some, I would be, I would totally be a whale at, <laughs> at AV if I, if I could, but. Well, I think well, that was pretty much it for panels. Was there anything else we were missing there? Or? No, I think that was about it, because like you said, we tried to get into a few others, but the line was so freaking crazy that yeah. we couldn't even get in. They cut it off. Yeah, so you know what? This could segue into how we were separated from our money. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about the things that we bought in the dealer's room. Nothing. <laughs> Which is rare. Yeah, well, it's also because I didn't have an entire weekend to mull something over. Yeah. You know, I didn't have the chance. You know how, like, on Friday, the dealer's room was for the first time, you look around the whole place, and then you buy the first thing that breaks the seal, and then you're like, okay, now I'm comfortable spending money wherever I want. Yeah. I didn't get that opportunity. I had to look at the entire dealer's room in an hour, and it led to nothing. I will say that with there being a lot of similar items at in a lot of the dealer's room, it gave you a very good opportunity to do comparative pricing, mm-hmm. which isn't something that happens often for me because sometimes it's an item that's so hard to find in America that you have no choice but to get it from that. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of repetition between a lot of the booths. Um, but the dealer's room was also smaller because they moved it and they were in two, there was hall C and D. Yeah. And, and they were smaller overall, which allowed for a little bit more diversity between each of the booths. Well, yes, there were like, you know, there were statues at every booth and there were, and there were you know, uh, mystery boxes at every booth. Yeah. But then there were like some that they only sold plushies and then they yeah. only sold equipment. Or, no, but or, like, like there were like two different plushie stands that were selling the same plushies, two different figurine right. stands that were selling the same figurines. Like there was some variety, but you saw a lot of duplicates between the different shops. So like Evan was saying, like one was selling it for thirty five, the other was selling it for forty. You know? It's like the Liberty Tree Mall in Danvers. You got Target there and you got Best Buy and you'd be like, I can compare the prices of the electronics and games from there. Did you did you try going to the booth that says like that booth over there is selling it for thirty five? Do you wanna match it? Ooh. I'm too scared to do something like that. That's what Sunday's for. That's what Sunday's. They they don't want to go home with the stuff. They want to, they want your money. They don't want their their stuff to go back because it's more than carrying. I'll mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Yep, I've so, done it before. I've haggled at Anime Boss for yeah. stuff, and I was I, I've gotten like sixty bucks off of something mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So as uh, listeners will know, from and even as those who follow me on Instagram, I'm the big plushie guy. Yep. I, I I collect a lot of plushies, and. With there not being anime Boston for the last couple of years, I felt like, okay, I should probably buy a couple more than usual to make up for the years when I couldn't buy one. Yep. So this year, I saw both Toru and Kana from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid as like the Nessobessi. For, for those who don't know, I said a Nessobessi or Nessoberry. And those are, the, those are the plushies that you can get from Crane Games. They all are kind of set up the same way where they're kind of lying down on their belly and having their cute little expressions on their face. Mm-hmm. And I managed to find both Toru and Kana from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid with those ones. 
I also found a great little cute little plushie of Chika from Kaguya-sama Love is War, who, uh, Chika is not just one of my favorite characters, but hands down, I think she is the funniest character on the show. And if you watch this season, especially when it comes to how she has to constantly teach, um, Shiragane how to do, like, the most simplest things in the world, you'll realize, like, why she's the best character on Kaguya-sama Love is War. Mm -hmm. And then we went to a booth where you could buy... Oh, the plushie booth? Yeah, the plushie booth, where you could buy three plushies for $60, which is what... It was like 25 each, but if you buy three at a time, they, they like cut the price of each down to 20 bucks each. Yeah, it's like an insanely good deal. Yeah, so I bought Toga from My Hero Academia, and alongside that, um, I had bought... Shiro, and Shiro is the dog from Crayon Shin-chan. He is Shin-chan's dog. And Crayon Shin-chan stuff in America is wicked hard to come by. Mm. So the fact that he was only charging $25 for this really good-sized plushie of Shiro, that was a good steal. Not to mention that they actually added it as part of the deal, so it wound up being full for $75 instead of wow. 3 for 60 yeah, she, she like cut us a deal without us even asking her to. She was like, oh, four of them, uh, 75. And we're like, wait, 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 no, it's supposed to be like 60 for these. And like, we were horrible at negotiating. We were telling her, like, you're supposed to be charging us more. And she's like, oh, no, 75. But um, that was yeah. segue into you. Yeah. Um, so my plushie I got was uh, for one of my friends. I got a Todoroki plushie because one of my friends is getting my hero and Todoroki is her favorite. You're so original. Mm. <laughs> no, but um, actually, this is the first year where... It wasn't just you guys bringing me along. I got to bring some of my friends along. I had several yeah. of my friends actually from like work and around the area actually show up and join with the convention. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, so I got the Todoroki plushie. Um, if anyone remembers listening from 2019 or before, you know one of the first things I always look for when I go to any convention, I got my seventh Pokemon badge. Finally. So, so one more and I go to the Elite Four. <laughs> um, <laughs> Met up with my friend on day one, so we did a couple laps around the dealer's room, ended up getting a couple mystery bags. Uh, she ended up getting Aaron from Attack on Titan. Uh, I ended up getting Dobby from My Hero, so I'm kind of excited for that one. Uh, no spoilers or anything, but let's just say I like Dobby. Um, let's see, then where else did we go from there? I'm trying to think. I, I mean, day two, I got... Uh, Derek, what time is it? <laughs> oh, yes. So my favorite pickup was... All right, so there was a stand that was selling pocket watches. I will admit I was looking for Edward's pocket watch from Awful Metal Alchemist. Did not find it. First day, there was only a couple of them there. Day three, I finally go back, and I just take a peek again, and then something catches my eye, and it's a pocket watch with the uh, Skyrim Imperial insignia right on it. And... It is actually a very good quality pocket watch. It's running very well. It was only $25, and it, it, I feel so geeky for saying this, but I love having a pocket watch now. <laughs> no, but, um, it's really high quality. It looks really good. It is, yeah. yeah. And even the person running the stall showed me like how to get it started and how to replace the batteries and what sort of batteries you need to look for. They're very common, apparently, yeah. so it was a very economic, and I'm geeking out over this one. Uh, let's see, then I also found a new board game called Ham the Game. Yeah, like, all about ham, something with ham. You know, I should actually look into why they picked ham for the theme, because it's basically like a Cards Against Humanity meets a board game. Specifically Sorry. Yes. Uh, Which it, sounds like an insanely cool mix. Yes, and um, it's even, like... There's about 15 different ways you can actually play the game. Like, you can do it with the board, you can do it just the cards, like Cards Against Humanity style, you can do different rules, like 420 rules, uh -huh. um, different modulations, different rules. But yeah, we just sat down, basically read through the rules, and because it was so flexible, we just kind of all collectively decided on what our rules were gonna be and played through, and literally for an hour we had a blast just for the most inappropriate jokes possible right it, i will admit it took a little bit for the game to like start getting very funny but then i felt like we really hit our stride after like the first two rounds and yeah. like once we, we figured out how those action cards work yes. too where so it's like oh i'm gonna play a card that makes you pick a new card that's not the card you're picking you're picking a new card pick me yeah <laughs> 
And it also backfired you a couple of times. There was a time where you came to throw down a card. It's like, okay, you two can't play this round. And technically, I was the only other remaining player. So I'm like, I guess I win. <laughs> I, need to, I need to win this round. I'm just going to play this, throw away a card, and ha, I win. <laughs> One great thing about it, too, is that you don't do round robin. Like what you do with Cards Against Humanity. The winner of each round has to be the... The ruler, the master yeah. of the next round. That so makes you, sense. Yeah. So you can't be constantly winning all yeah. the time. Yeah. You Somebody can't progress else a new point every round. Exactly. You can't progress on the board two turns in a row. There's no way you can do that's that. That's clever. That's I mean, yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know what? We have to bring it sometime. Like you have to yeah. come over, or like you have to bring the game to like one of our places, and we'll have to play it sometime. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a cool stream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we could do it through Discord. So we are coming to. About the end of the show, because I think we've talked about everything, correct? Yeah, other well, than like Artist Alley, which we, we went to, but we didn't get anything. Oh, yes. There's, yeah. so there, there's one thing that I did new this year, and I'm kind of surprised at how well it went. I just kind of put together a half-assed Deku casual cosplay, you know, having the, the UA jacket, you know, sitting open, black pants, black shirt. I got Deku's red sneakers, the Deku wig. And but, it was sitting open, the jacket was unzipped and open because you're a cool dude, right? Yeah, well, you know, I'm out of school right now. It's Memorial Day weekend, so. <laughs> no, a part of me was thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm mid-30s retired Deku. I'm not a hero anymore. I'm not in school. And also the jacket doesn't pay you. But I, <laughs> it's a little tight, but yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, but I was surprised that literally people were coming up to me and asking to take photos with me. I'm like, wait, wait, what? No, I'm just, okay, this is cool. I was just doing this to have fun, but other people like it too. So who knows? I might try to cosplay again next year. You should try to dive deeper into the retired hobo, like Deku, see how people react to that, <laughs> you know? Um, like, maybe mix it up with, like, have you, you know the episode of, like, Spongebob where you see Squidward and, like, spare change? Yeah. <laughs> like, combine the two. We'll, you know, we'll hero for food. food. <laughs> we'll hero for food. If I can maybe come up with some fake casts and stuff just sitting there all broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was there a cosplay this year that really, uh, like, blew your mind when you saw it? Ooh, uh, so there were a couple giant mechs that were really cool to see. Mm -hmm. Did you see the Bumblebee one? I did see the Bumblebee one. I didn't see it in action, but I got to see a video of it after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, there, was a, there was a video at the closing ceremonies of it, and I was distracted by, there was a pair. So there was a giant Bumblebee that was like seven feet tall, yep. but then there was like the female Bumblebee. Which the was, sexy Bumblebee. It was, like, it was like a bikini armor Bumblebee. And it worked yeah. really well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was like, oh, she's hot. Wait, what's that behind her? <laughs> oh, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed the seven-foot-tall robot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Damn you sexy ladies. There were, there were a couple seven-foot-tall robots, and those were all put together very well. And mm -hmm. somehow they moved from floor to floor very easily. Yeah, there was one that was at least like five to six feet wide, you know, with like supports holding them up and stuff to be able to move around. Mm -hmm. I know he wouldn't be able to fit on an elevator. I know he wouldn't be able to fit on an escalator. Yet somehow I found him on the first floor, and then an hour later I found him on the second floor. And I'm really curious how he got up there. Part of me feels like he's got a crew that just takes a limb off of the robot, and they just walk with it, arm <laughs> uh, like in arm, you know. <laughs> let's see. Um, I did see the uh, the King of Everything from Katamari. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I saw. Oh, there was a beautiful. Um, oh God, I forget her name, but Killua's mom from Hunter Hunter. Mm. It, you know, like full gown, the hat, everything. Um, but then there was one, and whoever you are, and you know who you are, <laughs> Shao Tucker and Nina, get that shit out of here. I don't want to think about oh, Nina. Yeah, but it was a service dog, though, right? They dressed a service dog up as a as a um, not a homunculus. What is like what what's the a chimera? Chimera. Yeah, and they had <laughs> they had the dog just sitting on. <laughs> On a summoning circle. Oh, oh no, it, it was, was the it was, a, boy. it was a stuffed dog with a. Um, it was a stuffed dog with, with, a, the with a recording in it <laughs> that okay. said Edward. <laughs> I thought it was a real dog. No, yeah, its eyes glowed. Okay. Everything. Now that you showed me the picture again, with a sign that says, "Would you like to pet my dog? She's like a daughter to me." <laughs> so uh, you can kindly go f yourself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was that was a great. Is that, I wonder if that's the same guy who did the um, 
the phone booth costume. Oh yeah. Or it's like, oh, uh, Hughes, can Hughes. I take can I take your picture? And then he takes out the he unfolds this uh, this phone booth and then just falls down on the ground. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it's so good. I will say probably one of my favorites is definitely was the chainsaw man that we saw in Iris Alley. Yeah, with the working chainsaw. With the working chainsaws, it was that was amazing. You could tell that he was kind of like doing that, yeah, 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 like gripping it to to get into work. But yeah. man, what a fantastic job with this one! There was a lot of spy family, despite mm-hmm. only being uh, six episodes. Not to mention chainsaw man still hasn't had the anime yep. come out yet. Not even released. People were still dressing up like characters, like the chainsaw man, Denji, uh, Makima. And power, I saw, like, that's how popular, like, this series is. Like, the anime isn't even out yet, and people are still dressing up like Wait, but I think we all know what the winner is for the most popular cosplay. Say it with me. One, two, three. Demon Demon Slayer. Slayer. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say it. I I wasn't sure. (laughs) But you did say that there were no Harley Quinns and no Deadpools. We saw one Harley Quinn... Like, with an hour left on day three. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. We got that far. But but we're finally cured of that disease, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was it? It was the Harley Quinn from the HBO Max series version. So, that gets kind of a pass because that one generally is funny. Still Harley Quinn. I know, I know. My, my one grown moment was when I was trying to find my friend on day one, and she goes... Yeah, I'm standing next to the guy in the Demon Slayer cosplay. <laughs> and, and I just had to bite my tongue so hard. I'm like, just show me a picture of where you're at. <laughs> Takes a picture of Demon Slayer cosplay. <laughs> that I saw one costume that made me turn my head. Uh, one of my new favorite games of all time. There was a Little Nightmares cosplay. And somebody was just the, the main character. And I was shocked. Uh, I'm sure that there might have probably been more throughout the weekends because like that's gaining a little bit of traction and popularity and the costumes are really easy but like I saw one and it made me happy which reminds me we never talked about the AMVs AMVs were good uh, yeah. definitely I know that Anime Boston is going to be posting them on YouTube so definitely give them a look they were good they were not the greatest but uh, the best in show definitely deserved to be best in show yeah yes. uh, I basically only liked the comedy and the other sections and the best in show came from the other section the one thing that you did say is that there was like only one or two AMVs that had spo- any spoilers at all in them this yeah. week right and, and the one that you said had a spoiler in it was a Full Metal Alchemist one which has been out for like 30 years yeah so like like, uh, you know, that's that's definitely, you know, a good direction, a good step for the community. Hopefully they're starting to understand that, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Um, make it make your AMVs, like, in a way that it makes you want to watch the show. Don't make your AMVs in a way that tells the entire freaking story. Right. There was one, the, the one that uh, was impressive, and you actually had to remind me of, of the fa- fact that it was impressive, was somebody made a sequel to the GLaDOS theme from 2008 of Evangelion 1.1, and they did an Evangelion 3.3 follow-up to, like, they used the Portal 2 song. Yes. And went, and, and it was exactly the same format and everything like that, and it was great. Like, and it worked out because they used the actual Jonathan Colton version, not the GLaDOS version. Right, yeah, it made me really nostalgic. Mm. So that was fun. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, all in all, you know, despite the fact that we gave gave Anime Boston a 6.5, we still had a good time with the things that we experienced. 6.9. <laughs> Funny number. Um, before I forget, too, um, it does lead to another panel that we didn't talk about. Um, I do want to give a very big shout-out to um, a group of people that uh, were, being, were in the dealer's room, the organization that I'm a part of, the Cultural Exchange Initiative. Mm-hmm. This was their first time in Anime Boston. My teacher, Mikio Hattare-sensei, first time ever for her to go to an anime convention herself. Really? She was completely blown away by all the costumes. And it was a success because they got so many people that were interested in um, going and checking out the organization, what they want to do. And I think... I, I think it has potential to grow. I think so, too. I, I actually, I, it seemed like they were having a great time. And there were people walking up there were giving out information and stuff like that. And I think that people here really want to know ways that they can get more connected with Japanese culture. And that, it, it, that school is definitely one of the ways to do it. Exactly. And you know what's interesting? There was no JET program here at Anime Boston this year. Interesting. There were a lot of things still missing. There, yeah, there were a lot missing. And I feel like because JET program is so competitive that people want to find alternatives. And I feel like the Culture Exchange Initiative can be that alternative. 
Big shout out to everybody who worked it, and especially a good shout out to someone who I think has become a very good friend uh, to B3, and that's Aztec from Hybrid Thoughts. Yeah. And so Aztec had a panel every Friday morning that he almost missed. I mean, he missed at least half of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great that people stuck around for it, though. He had a full room, right? Yes. And he would... Initially, a yes. couple people didn't want to wait around. But, yeah. um, also, he was supposed to have two other people on the panel with him, and he was supposed to be demonstrating music, but the people in the panel did not show up, and the audio was not working. So it just turned into Q&A, which he did you know, hold up pretty well. And, right. Yeah, because with him working in the anime industry, and him being a Bostonian, specifically from Lynn, which is my hometown, people would want to know, how did someone like you... From a small town like that, becomes so involved with some of the biggest anime of the last few years. Yeah. And not to mention, like, with Aztec there, he, he, here's the thing. Uh, I hope he doesn't get mad when he say this. So, we were messaging each other back and forth, like, while we were waiting. He's like, he was this close to just skipping out on it because he wasn't too sure if anyone was going to stick around. I told him, dude, the room is filled with people. He's like, I'm fucking getting there. <laughs> and... He did a great job, and he did a great job over at the Cultural Exchange Initiative, and I think he's going to have a few more doors open for him. Like, he's had so many doors for him open already, but yeah. I feel like with some of the connections that he made here at Anime Boston this weekend, I think he's going to, I think he's going to become a very unique face within the anime community, and as well as the hip-hop community as well. He's been around doing hip-hop for almost 25 years, but he has said himself that he loves doing anime soundtracks the most out of everything that he does. Yeah, that's cool. So, big shout out to Aztec from Hybrid Thoughts, big shout out to Cultural Exchange Initiative, and other than that, I think that's about it for coverage of Anime Boston 2022. Any final thoughts, Derek? Well, actually, I was gonna say congratulations to Allison, the accountant, for getting married. We got to see one of our <laughs> friends working staff there who was yes. newly married. Yeah. <laughs> But they didn't change the name. They didn't change the name of the credits of the of the Anime Boston credits at the end there. It still said Allison Parent, and I think that's because the credits are exactly the same from yep. three years ago before she was married. Just shows how long they've been trying to plan this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, great job, guys. I, I think we did a phenomenal little post-podcast show here at Anime Boston 2022. Simple, easy. Well, my uh, pocket watch says we're probably running a little bit low on time. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> but, um, you know, for our listeners, if you want to learn more about Boston Bass Brigade, of course, go to b3crew.com. Like us on facebook.com slash Boston Bass Brigade. Follow me on kingbabyduckesh on Twitter and Instagram. And on the J-Pop Video Games and Anime Amino pages. I know I sometimes say Twitch, but I don't ever Twitch at all. I need to really teach myself how to do that more often. Um, Derek. Where can our listeners find all your social media stuff? Well, you can find me on Instagram, and what else am I still on? I guess I still have a Twitter, even though I don't use that, but I'm at, at Elite4Derek. Um, otherwise, I am just slinging coffee back and forth. <laughs> I've been mainlining caffeine all weekend, and I've been bouncing off the wall. <laughs> uh, big shout out to the Starbucks underneath Evan's apartment. Yay! You guys have been taking care of me all weekend, and I love it. <laughs> and John. Uh, so Wicked Anime is a little dormant, but you can find some old posts on YouTube, Facebook, and we have a Discord. I think that there will be podcasts in the future. We say hiatus, and usually people say that's a death sentence, but you just have to wait a little while, and maybe we'll, we'll have some stuff. I've been noticing that there have been a lot of people liking the Wiki Anime Facebook page. We've, in, we, like, in the past two months, I think we've gotten 110 new follows, and I don't know why. Because we're not posting anything on there. You're not posting anything on there. So the fact that it's lying dormant is making us more popular than we have ever been. So um, unless somebody's hijacked our page and they're giving us content um, in some way. I've checked. Nothing new. Nothing, nothing new, but people are liking it, so it must be Facebook bots. i, I got to put my boudoir pics somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so follow Wicked Anime and maybe you'll see him. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you'll see more Derek than you want to see, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's for his OnlyFans account. <laughs> yeah. 
But guys, thank you once again. Um, I'm glad that we had a good time here at Anime Boston 2022. I look forward to seeing how the idol version of Anime Boston is going to be in 2023. 2023. If monkeypox doesn't take over the nation. <sighs> Big shout out to Sloane Otaku, our friend Ari and Jared from Scarlet Rhapsody as well. Great running into them too. And Lenny... Hope you had a great time. <laughs> yes, Lenny, yes. You were a very big help to us this year, so we hope you stick around for next year, and hopefully you'll hear her on the next roundtable, because I don't think I should try doing No Borders, No Races at NMA Boston. Uh, on the daily. On the daily, no, yeah. So, so, listeners, thank you once again, and you can, what's, what do I usually say? You don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it, but it sure helps. helps. Wow, it's been a long time I said that. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>